0: Hello there. Welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. My name is Big Will, a.k.a. Barney
1: Rubble. J-Wall Justin over here. I love Barney Rubble's with us. Oh, come on,
0: man. Yeah. How you guys doing? Doing well, Justin. What? Come on, right off the bat, sure. I, I want to know how you're doing. Are you okay?
1: Yeah, you know, a lot better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gets a little grouchy that's, now and again, that's okay. man. Yeah, it's okay. I'm, Apo- I'm coming in armed tonight, man. Apologies, but yeah, no, I love you, man.
1: I love you too. It's, it's thick. It's a thick love. Uh, oh but, uh, boy. But yeah,
0: this guy's coming at me already, <laughs> man. A, we're talking about fat guy jokes right before we started recording, man. He's coming back at me with the 4x shirts.
1: Ah. Uh, Let's yeah yeah th- things are good man it's getting warmer out I'm very excited but what I want to know is uh how was your weekend though
0: oh my I, I, wow it's like Bocce ball over here. I was just trying to give it to you he's giving it right back to me I had a loaded weekend um fully loaded I uh, we did a little little gig with uh, afterbirth Amazing. over the weekend yeah a little benefit show out there at Shaker's pub It was a beautiful experience more Tiro a couple of local bands. Um, young death metal bands very exciting uh, talented young people in the scene now in their early 20s and like i'm always saying there's there's a young generation now that's keeping the death metal scene going and evolving it i'd love to see that mortiferoth uh band i'm very excited about we're going to talk about them a little bit later love a that shout name. to them yeah really good band uh, out there um but i'm going to get into that uh later on today um but it was yeah beautiful experience out there a lot of the old school people uh, old school Suffolk County metalheads, man. I don't, you know, I'm not going to name names. But, you know, my, my man Greg Lehman my man Mike Zancelli, some former guests of the show were out there. Um, uh, my man Jim, some people I want to get on the show in the future were there. It was, you know, uh, good, good experience there at Shakers Pub. I always love that little, it's like a Cheers. Everybody knows your name, you know, of death, of death metal in <laughs> Suffolk County kind of thing, man. That was cool. What else was going on, man? Uh, uh, a little bit of carpentry. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, made some shelving for my mother's pantry uh, wow. over there at my parents' house. Yeah. And uh, I came to a little bit of a revelation um, about the metal of
1: death. We what kind of like we're you using like a chop saw, like a circular uh, saw. Did this help with the, this help like mil- spark something?
0: Milwaukee, I think. I don't know if it was like trademark sawzall, but it was the sawzall. You know what I mean? The, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, like yeah I love saw,
1: the hand, full disclosure. Love Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, it's my yeah. brand of things. Well, it reminded me of the Milwaukee Metal Fest. Oh, as yeah. I was cutting wood, yeah. and that got me thinking of this cyanide. The Dying Truth album, which I'm going to bring up probably on every episode I want to for the rest of my life. It's part of the podcast. Tom, drop that music, all right? And uh, Tom Tom bought me this beautiful cyanide, The Dying Truth 12, which you might have heard of us talk about it on the previous, it, it, it arrived in the mail finally, I'm staring at it, but I was thinking about it today, anticipating getting it over here when I get to the, the studio here, and um, I had a revelation about the metal of Death, man, but I'm going sh- to share that, man. It's tucked away uh in the glove compartment of my segway um uh uh, speaking of which uh at, at my passenger side how are you doing tom i'm doing very well
2: very busy with work uh last thursday i was at work and then i shot right over to saint
0: vitus to go check out uh sanguisugabog Oh, my God. I, that, I, I, I'm ugh. I'm shitty that I missed that, man. I've, uh, my work schedule's cr- What night was that? That was on Thursday. Yeah, I, I work nights, Thursdays, and Fridays now, and it sucks for my metal social life experience.
2: I'm so
1: happy to now know the, the clear pronunciation. And yes, Sanguisugabag.
2: Oh. Yes, yeah. I, I was saying it to myself the entire ride home, you know, when you have a mantra, like, <laughs> look at the sky, 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 uh, sky, uh, you know, uh, so uh, Sanguisugabag helped me clear my mind. Also, my fucking girlfriend calls me out, she's like, oh, well, that's a Latin word, so it's actually Sanguisugabag, and I'm oh, like,
0: girl, oh, of course, oh, dude, of course. Where was we she had, before? We <laughs> had <laughs> such a nice vacation. <laughs> we're, yeah, what? Uh, who, who did? Who doesn't know that? Yeah, so, but, uh, right, but uh, Tom, before let, I move on from that, though, no, but, I'm I'm trying to keep you on that because oh, okay. I feel really bad that I missed that. How was it? Tell me about the experience.
2: Oh, it was great. Firstly, uh, best show timing ever. I love three bands
0: yes. on a bill. Yes, <laughs> I've uh, Polo Paguntalan and I fun, spoke man. about this one time. And three uh, well-curated bands is like the perfect thing for a nice yeah, death metal grindcore
1: show. Oh my god, it's it? yeah.
2: amazing! Um, so, openers were uh, Oxalate. Now they're—that's uh, a newer band, okay? Playing old-school death metal. They're from the area. Sh- <laughs> Shocking. <that>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, but they're, they're very good. They um, uh, yeah, I don't course. even
2: know if I, they have uh, a demo out yet, but I've
0: seen them open three times. This so episode is all about the young people playing the older style in a lot of ways. So if I crack a couple of jokes, it's out of reverence and uh, and out of love. Of uh, proceed, Tom. Sounds please. heavy. And then
2: we had uh, Vomit 4th.
0: Which, uh, Will, yeah, you know great. those guys. I'm not cracking
2: jokes. I don't play with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right? They're tough. Yo, you know who I wouldn't play with? The fucking drummer. I've yeah. never seen someone hit as hard as oh, that. Oh, yeah, Nick. Holy yeah. shit. He's
0: the Long Island guy. Oh, Thank uh, you. Hands up. Yeah. Okay. It's in the go. water. <laughs>
2: but, man, Bacon, yeah. egg, and cheese. Great time. And then, uh, so I caught Paulo there. Oh, boy. So we were talking for a while. We've okay. got
0: something in store for the audience soon involving Paulo. That's my man Paulo at the Cult. Like, cutting edge of death metal shows. You know what I mean? Oh, you, play in the corner. Right up front. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, not not playing the corner. Yeah, no. Opposite <laughs> of what I said. Opposite
2: of what I said. He's stone cold sober. Yeah. This guy is just psyched to be listening to death metal. I love being around him. Uh, I saw Terrell there. Yeah. We were hanging right. out. Oh, my God. We were God. chatting. Ah. You know, I was talking about some things been. I can't really get into on the podcast. Allegedly. Uh, but um, I was talking to Terrell, and the guitar player of Sangui sugabog comes out camera and he asked for a cigarette and immediately i was like this is the best guy he was so jovial he was so psyched on death metal so i, I asked him to come on the show we're going to arrange that in the future um but yeah he can he can talk
0: and, oh, and it's all good wait. stuff it's all good talk so uh, yeah that's that was my death metal experience for the week love it amazing yeah. love it get get that guy over here get him in touch hell yeah i want to talk to him but hold on uh justin you tried to pull a fast one on us how was your weekend
1: yeah, weekend was great. You know, uh, did normal things. You know, living huh. the freelance life, and then uh, and then I saw I saw Tom uh, over the weekend. You know, we're having a little little drinks at the, the friend's house allegedly, and uh, and he told me about his uh Bog experience, and I've kind of been thriving off of that man. I, I can't wait to get this dude on the on the podcast and. Uh, and I can't wait to tell you uh, a more interesting story when I have a better week. You
0: know, beautiful band. <intolerant laughs> <experimenting. laughs> it's great. So- beautiful band that. Suga uh, Suga so, Baga. Yeah. Satsquashy and Bago.
2: Glad I was able to participate. and Bago. That's right. Give you some
0: experience
2: into my weekend, which was your weekend. Now, absolutely. Yeah.
1: It was pretty much. I got. I got a text from Tom saying the. The drummer of Vomit Forth is out of his mind, huh. and, uh, and that was and that was the rest of my weekend. You know, kind of All listening right. to that and just vicarious. That's uh, yeah, right, life. little vicarious experience. Yeah. Uh, my bathroom's done. I got nothing else to do. You know, so yeah. <laughs> that's how yeah. it's going.
0: Yeah, cool. uh, and uh, shout to uh, Dahlia. Your dog is now uh, uh, an official Huntington Town Crossing Guard. Oh She's yeah, got her uniform, <laughs> new collar. Uh, yeah, I enjoy that. It's a nice. Uh... Seriously though, for the dog owners, you might want to look into this it's uh it's it's like a what do you call this uh a translucent tra- what
1: yeah, some sort of light reflective it's like the safety guard sash yeah, it's a light have, light it's you know a,
0: it's a reflective collar that'll reflect yeah. light the dog is black so you know it's already like running around at night and dog might get hit by a car man now you got the collar you're all good yeah. she's a good girl though she's not gonna run away it's all good I'm not talking about you <laughs> but uh, who I am gonna talk about I said I'm gonna' I'm, all right I just got pulled over on the Segway. I'm opening up the dash. What do I got? It's that information I tucked in before, that revelation I had about Metal of Death. Um, listen, I'm a little bit older in the death metal game. Uh, I'm always trying to keep an open mind because now it's like I always said. I said it before. There's these younger people coming up. There's a lot of bands. There's a lot of uh, movements and, and things going on in the scene that I'm not even like privy to. Uh, it took, I, I feel like I just figured out what memes are within the last year or two. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Which Uh, might be a type of meme, really. They get deep. Was was that a meme? I don't know. Um, Look, (laughs) caveman death metal. It's a thing now. We're going to talk about it in depth tonight. Uh, And I feel like this whole thing I've been saying, metal of death, for like since we started the show, it's become this little enigma. You know, we have our Patreon episode about it. it. Caveman death metal, metal of death, is it the same thing? Is there a gray area between the two separate things? Uh, is its is it two generations looking at the same picture and telling you different stories? We're going to get to the bottom of it tonight because right now we're going to ring up Scott from Maggot Stomp Records in California.
2: So sick. Uh, also, that ties into that whole show experience, man. Yeah. That was all vomit forth. Come on. Dude. Oh, my God.
0: Heavy hole going to do it to I'm you, all right? That's, you. How we, that's how we... All right. You, we're like three guys on segways shutting down New York Avenue... Parallel parking segues right. together in unison. Uh, amazing. Not yeah. th- it's not a tandem one, it's synchronicity. That it sounds like something you can do in California. Maggot Stomp Records, Corp Scott. Hey, Scott. Yeah. Hey, Scott. This is Will from Heavy Hole Podcast. How are you? Good, sir. How are you guys doing? I'm all right, man. Yeah, the, the guys are here, man. Uh, this is Tom. Yo, Scott. What's up, Tom? It's chilling, man. And over here is Justin. How's
1: it going, bud? Hey, Justin. Good to meet you. Good, man.
3: Good, good to meet you.
0: All right, awesome. Scott from Maggot Stomp Records. How you doing, buddy?
3: I- I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm better than I was last week. Uh-oh. Kidding. Just getting over
0: a cold. Okay, man. All right. Well, we're glad you're doing all right, man. We got a, a lot of questions for you about the label. A lot going on. Is right if we kind of just jump in here? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. Um, Scott, uh, you know the label is fairly new in terms of death metal labels as things go. I don't know if you want to give uh us and the listeners a little bit ba- a background about yourself prior to the label and your engagement in the death metal scene. Um,
3: well, I'm not a younger dude, so I've probably I've been around since like. The beginning of the days like late 80s early 90s of stuff like and i've just kind of always been engaged as a fan since since then but um as far as like an active participant in in doing death metal stuff it, it's kind of yeah it's kind of new for me just going to shows and stuff since like the you know late since the 90s has been kind of that's 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 my uh that's my story of death metal, I suppose. <laughs> well, that,
0: that's that. Oh, that that's that's a headline for your story, man. We want to know. We want to know the dirt. Uh, what part of California are you from, particularly?
3: Um, right now, I live in Pasadena, so LA, basically a Los Angeles area. That's where I am now. I grew I grew up on the East Coast. Oh, you grew you grew up out here because we're in New York, obviously. Yeah, I'm from I'm, I'm from Connecticut, so I, I you know I, I went to shows everywhere from Wetlands, CB's up to boston at the rat and you know the the channel and everything so I've, I've been going to shows all throughout the northeast when i was a kid and then now that i live out here obviously all the all the normal la places that have death metal shows
0: wow that's interesting man so uh i take it it was probably like the early to mid 90s that you're you're going to a lot of these shows with some of the venues you mentioned right
3: yeah, yeah. Basically, like I mean, I, I grew up going to like hardcore shows in like the late '80s, early '90s, and you know, death when death metal started coming around more, I was going to I was going to shows at like uh, I don't know Irving Plaza maybe, or even just up in connect like throughout Connecticut at and G Club, and up up in Boston at the Rat.
0: The L N G Club—that's uh, like a—that's le- a very big legendary um, club, right? Uh, it, it has a history um,
3: long before punk rock and everything, right? I believe so. It's been around a long time. It was in New London, Connecticut, and that's where I saw a lot of like early death metal shows. And then there was like there was another club in like West Hartford, Connecticut, that kind of disappeared like toward, at the end of like the thrash days before death metal really started. But um. Yeah, G Club is. It was a fun place to see shows.
0: Yeah, I actually, I, I to my knowledge, I believe it closed down a few years ago. Um, and my one of my uh, bands, Buckshot Facelift, we played one of the last shows there. Uh, and at that point, it was kind of just being used, the main floor space was being used, and we were allowed to look around the basement which was vast and kind of looked like it had been used maybe in like even the 50s, 60s or prior and there was a lot of junk down there and things and we were able uh, there was a I've told the story before on the podcast how we cleaned out like there was an old stash of vinyl from when I guess DJs used to play there and stuff too
3: Oh wow Yeah I mean I I knew the club was around for a long time just because I had relatives that lived in the area but Mm -hmm. I mean aside from shows I was only going there in like the, the early 90s and I mean I moved out to California in 2000 so the last time
0: I was there was probably like, you know, mid, mid, late 90s. Yeah, yeah. So, growing up uh, in Connecticut and getting into death metal, and I mean, you said it yourself, you were going to shows in New York City and Boston. Um, besides the LNG, was there real, was there a fertile scene in Connecticut? Because we don't really hear about the, that so much when we talk about the old school. Like, were there band, was there a healthy scene for bands from Connecticut? As far as death metal goes, no.
3: Nah, Connecticut was a tough guy hardcore place through and through. You know, just just all kinds of, you know, bands bands playing that tough guy sound. You know, just um, I don't know, like Josh the fourteen and then bands like Dismay that had like that early burn sound. Like ki- like like Connecticut bands really ate that that tough New York sound for, for the longest time. Mm-hmm. But um so yeah, that was that was like the that was the scene in Connecticut. It was just pretty much tough guy hardcore and then it turned into a ska state for like <laughs> a quick minute.
0: <laughs> That's what uh, yeah, the night the night, the night state
2: uh, that took over America.
0: <laughs> 90s were funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> moving out to California, what are the differences you notice as a death
3: metal fan? Um, that show, shows out here are way more expensive than they were in Connecticut. <laughs> uh, um, like, I, I didn't really get into, like, the underground scene out here too much. I didn't really know too much about it. Like, I knew of some shows happening at, like, this place called the Black Castle and, and stuff. But for the most part, like, all the shows were at, like, big places like the Whiskey or the Key Club stuff like that and sh- shows are always like 30 bucks or 20 to 30 bucks to get into yeah it was a shock it was a shock to me you know coming from like can i get, going to like hardcore shows where you're paying like eight bucks ten bucks you get annoyed if the show's fifteen dollars you know yeah, that kind of yeah, stuff yeah,
0: yeah wow um so i mean so you start maggot stomp records in 2018 is that correct
3: um. yes. Yes. Prior to
0: that, uh, have you ever operated like even a small, like a you know, a bedroom tape label, a zine, anything of that nature?
3: I had a hardcore label in like the early mid two thousands that I did for, for a little bit. Called um, it was called Takeover Records. I put out I put out a seven inch for Terror. I did some local LA bands like Piece by Piece. Um, this band Vendetta from Ventura, California. I put out a record for "Over My Dead Body" from San Diego. Just a small hardcore label. I had like about five or six releases.
1: Okay, that's sweet. A terror release is pretty sweet. Man. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs>
0: you, you were just talking about Connecticut with the tough guy hardcore, so you moved <laughs> to us. California and put out a terror record.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I was like roommates with like with Todd Jones, the guitar player, and. Oh, okay. You know, they were going on, they, you know, they, they were just kind of a new band. And, and like, we both knew they were going to be on, like, either Bridge Nine or some other bigger label. But Todd wanted to put out, like, a 7-inch before they really got moving. So he, he asked if I wanted to do, like, a two-song 7-inch and have it get it done and ready for their tour that they were about to do. So I was like, I was stoked. I was like, yeah, of course. So, I know, mean, in, and
0: in hindsight, that's pretty good for your, uh, your you know, your, uh, your legacy. You know, just you know, now putting out records to say you put out one of you know an early uh, terror record that they 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 went on to be a very prominent band.
3: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I had really had nothing to do with it. I was just in the right place at the right time. I mean, because between Scott Vogel and Buried Alive and Todd being in Carry On, they were already on their way to to probably be to be in a bigger band than just like a small hardcore band from the local scene yeah, for sure. i was just i was just kind of there and and yeah like i said right place but um it was cool i mean that was, was definitely a, a good thing fun thing to do at the time and it's, got my got my got my small name out there a bit
0: yeah yeah man um and it's interesting um you say buried alive because uh, I've spoken to various people, including a uh, shout to Nick from Vomit Fourth about the band Buried Alive, and how, in my in my personal opinion, when I heard them when I was in high school when they came out, um, it sounded to me almost like someone taking like the Swedish death metal production and atmosphere in a way and making it more like American hardcore. If that makes sense, uh, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
3: I, yeah, I do. To, to be honest, I wasn't like the biggest buried alive person. I was more of a fan of like despair and slugfest, like Scott's earlier bands. Okay, okay. But, but I, I know like buried alive is like a they're an important band for like kids that are into like metal metalcore type of stuff. A lot a lot of kids drew inspiration from them. So I mean, I, I can see the validity in, in them as a band.
0: Uh, I'm a big fan personally. Always have been a big fan yeah. of buried alive. Um, And I've always kind of made a correlation between them and uh, some movements that happened later on in terms of people dipping between hardcore and death metal uh, and taking guitar tones from here and drum techniques from here and what we have now is like modern deathcore. And the the reason I'm getting at that is because getting back to Maggot Stomp Records, um, I was talking to the guys here in in the little intro we did. I had a little bit of a revelation. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the podcast... Uh, if you've heard before, I, I, I go on these tangents about this metal of death concept, about like really sick low end death metal and old school death metal, right? Um, right. And 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 you advertise a lot of the bands that you work with uh, as being caveman death metal or part of the caveman death metal sound, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, not, no frills, really. Just kind of like just death metal at its at its raw as form for the most part. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, and. I had a little bit of a rev. I'm an older guy. I'm 37, and I feel like uh, so you, <laughs> you, I'm dating myself. You might you might be a few years older than me with the shows you were going to. Um,
3: yeah, a few, a few years.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> I fucking nicely. I I prepared this interview well because, uh, you know, frankly though, a lot of the bands you're working with are from the younger generation coming up now, or have members that are from the younger generation. Is that fair to say?
3: Oh yeah, to- that's completely fair to say.
0: Yeah, man, because. Uh, I prepared this interview, and my revelation was this, that really what I call metal of death is just kind of like the raw spirit of death metal, and it's coming back in a big way in what we can refer to as caveman death metal, which is really a scene that you've helped curate with Maggot Stomp Records the last few years, uh, and helped to um, ki- kind of... Uh, um, it's
2: more like give I, it a I home identify, identify. Like in, in, yeah. the, in the ether. You know, it exists, and now Maggot Stomp is a great example of, of these bands going as raw as possible
0: exactly um and and i I see this as kind of like that raw spirit now I got a couple of questions about it I want to ask you do you see this movement in death metal as uh, a continuation of something that's always been going on or more a reaction to certain trends in more more commercial death metal
3: well I think it's just always been going on i don't know if it's a reaction to anything because I mean, it's all—it's—it's it's part of the DIY spirit. So it's just—it's lo- just like dudes wanting to play death metal and just going out and doing it. You know, it's not like I'm just trying—I'm just trying to help bands that that have that DIY kind of spirit and just helping them, you know, get a little more exposure. To with because I mean, that's the kind of stuff I appreciate—is—is is people going out there and doing it on their own and not getting. You know, not trying to like be on a on like a big label right away, and you know that kind of thing. I, I, I enjoy I enjoy like just just you know just simp, simple riffs, simple like just you know grooves and stuff like that. I don't I don't need fancy guitar shredding all the time. I don't need like I, I don't need like crazy production on stuff. None, none of that stuff. None of that stuff really you know really does too much for me. I, I just really like the. Just, just hearing like music in its in its purest form, type of stuff, you know, just plug in an amp and get some drums and a, and you know, a PA, and that that's good enough for me.
1: Huh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know.
2: I almost feel like just to, like to elaborate, kind of what you just said, Will, about how that's like like could be a lashback about like, um, you know, modern death metal production, and this the sound that is being curated, example, Maggot Stomp. Um, it's it's like this. Every 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 album I heard had this certain quality to it, or it was striving to get that. And for a long time, and it's nice to hear this new wave of an older sound. And it, like a subconscious, like, all right, fuck it, we don't need to have axe effectses to do this shit. We don't need to have like crazy drum triggers to make our record sound this way. Yeah, we're just yeah. going organic. I. I don't know it's it could be a subconscious thing because the rise of it is um it's huge you know it's blowing the hell up
1: it's very feeling oriented you know what i mean it's 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 the the mentality and the feeling of death metal without like you said there's no frills about it you know there's no extra thought besides this is the aggression i want to put forward you know this is the this is the mood i want to set and i feel like a lot of the bands that 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 you've curated, that that you're putting out under the under that stamp, uh, it are just that. You know, it, it's an emotion.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't. I I, th- I think it could be. You know, it, it could be like just going against the grain of like bands using drum triggers, going you know multiple guitar tracks to get to get across what they're doing. But at the same time, it's also like. A lot of these bands, you know, don't have that kind of money to go into a studio to try to do that kind of stuff, and and, and what you get out of it is like, you know, going back to like the late '80s and stuff when bands were going in to record, and you know, most of these most of these kids are just, you know, just like white, white kids from the burbs don't, that don't have any money and just want to play some death metal and just go in and record, you know, in their basements and stuff, and that's kind of still. I think that kind of stuff's been going on nonstop throughout all the the bands recording, like. Big production kind of stuff, right? It's just it, 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 with, with the with the advance of like stuff like Bandcamp and and the internet, like anything like YouTube. It's like it's much easier for that stuff to get out there these days, and and so it feels like it's a resurgence when really it's all been there all along. But now it just has a a new platform so to, to showcase it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will. Uh, well, no, I, I was just gonna say. Um... I guess just from my perspective, I do see it as uh, a natural uh, wave in the scene after so many years. I know me personally, I grew very uh, disenchanted with uh, so many bands that had a sterilized, like we said, triggered, quantized sound, overly computerized sound. Um, And and the bands on like Maggot Stomp and a lot of adjacent bands uh, in in this newer scene, you know, like we said, it's younger people coming out and doing it. I just feel like they're, Maybe people even who come more from, like, a grindcore background, a hardcore background, where DIY spirit and and those those raw um, influences are there. Uh, People are tired of computerized-sounding death metal, and I think, uh, like you say, this has always been there, but maybe now people are just starting to look at it a little bit more. And I I see kind of, like, also, like, a fetishizing of some of the old-school techniques. The cassette tapes have been back for a while, but even a lot of the design work... Goes back to like uh, the the days of um, you know DIY screen printing uh, and like the kind of like um, one uh, uh, like one color uh, prints with just the logo and a little cryptic image underneath. You know what I mean, man? It's 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 all coming back yeah, to yeah, that,
3: yeah. which is good. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I handle a lot of the like the design work and stuff, and and I, I come from that just doing stuff with photocopier type of. Stuff. like you know i was making zines way back when just like printing crap at, at kinko's huh. going in late going in late at night when there was only one kid working and just being like you know just just getting just getting run of a of a of a copier and just get going at it and you know sitting there and cutting and cutting and using little glue sticks and crap all night <laughs> i know but yeah like, i remember it's him, like man. and that's like the aesthetic that i've always liked and that's I mean, I, I use a computer all day to do to work and stuff, and it's fine, but then I got to get out of that headspace just to clear, to clear everything out and just, like, get back to doing stuff that, you know, the stuff that I like and the stuff that I remember, and, and like, just going back to, like, old 7-inches were always, like, photocopied, folded, kids were always doing it themselves. Nobody else, nobody has the money to kind of make glue pockets and stuff like that all the time. And just, I always love getting a 7-inch with like a shit ton of flyers in them or like big fold-out inserts with lyrics and pictures. I mean, that's the stuff that I always go back to when I have to like come up and do something for somebody else and, and design some stuff.
0: Yeah, um, and your releases speak to that. I wanted to ask you, too, about some of the merch you make, like the uh, you, you know specialized pins you make. We got a shout-out to uh, Adam Schnellenbach. Um, you can check yeah. out his, his YouTube channel. Shout-out to Schnell. Uh, and, you know, in research for this interview, he did a whole video where he breaks down some of your merchandise. One thing he pointed out was um, you, some of the customized pins that you make where you have, like, more than one actual pin on the backing that, that holds the pin together better. Little things like that. <laughs> Um, I mean that's not that's just an example of some of the attention to detail like uh, what 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 how much time do you typically spend designing something and does it have to be uh, something that you're really into for you for you to put it out like like it like how are you really running this label as like a, a like we, we say a boutique label yeah
2: why of. are you doing it?
0: yeah you
2: know? <laughs> what, what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing
3: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just I don't know it's just something that started as something fun to do for me like I mean, I've always been doing, like, something on the side, like, cause I'll work and you know, I do design work I'm, for, like, my, quote, nine to five but I get so I get so burnt out on it that I have to do stuff on my own, like, outside of it and, um... I know you somebody know, like, like that. I mean, I was Preach just hanging it, out with fucking... a boy right
1: now. What you, uh, <laughs> off, the, off the record, what do you do for your nine to five?
3: Um, I just do, I, I design, like, uh, DVD packaging for, like, uh, for DC comic movies and Warner Home Video stuff, it's just Sweet. it's it's fun. It's fun work. It's not hard at all, and it's like I could have way worse jobs. It's just it gets it gets monotonous at times, and it's like I'm like it's easy for me to do. So it's like I have lots of time to just. It's not like something I have to think about while I'm here working. It's just it's like oh I gotta do this. All right, here I'll just do it, and it's done. Kind of work, yeah. yeah. Monotonous, and,
1: yeah. Um, pay, pay me for this now, and then let me put my actual energy yeah, into something I, I care about.
3: Yeah, it's a paycheck. No, and not that I don't care about it. It's just I've been doing it for, for so long. It just, it's just it's I could do it in my sleep, kind of stuff. Hear, and yeah, I hear you. So, um, I was just hanging out with my buddy Larry, and I wanted to make like a more. I was telling him I wanted to make a morbid angel pin because nobody made any cool pins, and I was just like, I just want to make this one pin for myself. And then it turned into two pins and three pins. And he's just like, you You know, you should put these on, like, online and try to sell them. Because, you know, I had to make, like, a hundred of them at a time. And it wasn't like I wanted to, like, get into the pin business. I just made a few pins that I, that I wanted for myself personally and then found a few other people that want them and just did it. And, and it, it, it kind of rolled into a little bit. It turned into a little more than... Than just a few pins here and there. And I what you know, what I really wanted to do is just put out some rec I wanted to start like a seven inch label and just put out seven inches for some bands and just do that kind of thing and then you know, I approached a few bands and kind of turned in yeah, maybe do this or maybe or I don't know. And then finally one day, like I was listening to that Grave Ascension demo online and I just emailed Emilio from Grave Ascension. I was like, Hey man, and I was like does anybody ever put this demo up for real? And he was like, no. I'm like, uh, so I probably just said, hey, can I do it? And he's like, sure. And that's pretty much how the label started. Was I put out a, a cassette for this band Grave Ascension and, and just had to figure out a way to sell 100 copies and then turn that into the next demo and put out the next tape after that. Just let it all roll, roll, roll into each other.
2: Yeah, I love going through your Bandcamp, and I see the cassettes that are all sold out, like all the mm-hmm. time. It's great. I love that feeling. You know, you, you're, you're just flipping cassettes like crazy, man. It's awesome. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, at, at first it didn't sell. You know, at first it was it wasn't a tough sell, but it was like you know it's gotten much easier to sell cassettes.
2: Oh yeah, I'm sure you it know, didn't happen bull- overnight, but
3: but um, but now I'm like I, I get to the point where it's like. It's like, do I start by making 200 tapes? Do I start by making 300 tapes? And you know, I'll every time I think I've made enough, it's never enough.
2: Yeah, man. There's there's some stuff on there that I've wanted, and it's like it's bittersweet though, because I love this community so much that I'm like, ah, ah they got they did it well. They did they did well. God damn it.
3: Yeah. Look at all these. <laughs> look at all these sold out sold out tapes. You know. I wanted one. Well, yeah.
2: God damn. It. No, but it's, it is. It's awesome, dude.
3: I mean, it, it's cool on one hand, but then on the other hand, it's like, say for example, like a band like Mortal Wound will be like, "Hey man, we're going, we're doing a small run of shows. Can can we get some tapes from you to try to sell, or this or that?" And I'd be like, oh, "I'm sorry, I just don't have any left." And then I kind of feel dumb about it. It's like right. I want to help these bands at the same time, but I don't want to be sitting on like a hundred tapes, just like not doing anything.
0: <laughs> well, I I got. So. I mean, I I definitely get that angle of it. Um... But I got to say, from like an outsider perspective, when I was doing the research and you go on your band camp and almost everything is sold out, it makes you look uh, really cult and really hot at the moment, which you obviously are in, in the underground scene. Speaking of hot at the moment, I mean, if we're going to dive in, there's a few of your bands. You have a lot of bands you've worked with. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of, of quite a few of them, and there's a few we want to talk about. If we're going to start and we're talking about hot at the moment, um, Tom, you pronounced it best. Uh, Sangui Sugabag? <laughs> You knew where it was pretty
3: going. <laughs> how that's, do you, how, that's, pretty, that's pretty good.
0: How do you pronounce it? Uh,
3: it's Sanguisugabog, yeah. That's how I pronounce it, too.
0: Sanguisugabog. So, okay. obviously, yeah. not not the first band uh, you worked with. You put out their Pornographic Seizures demo in 2019, right? That was the first thing they put out?
3: Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh... So far, it's the only thing they put out, I
1: think. You know, I was at a an Acacia Strange show over here on the island, and uh, and a bunch of kids are, wear, are wearing that shirt, that Sasquahana Bog shirt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, those- yeah. And I noticed they're playing a lot of shows. They're they're aren't they? are they are not they they are on tour right now, obviously, because Tom just saw them in New York. Um yep. And like that's what I mean. Like this, like you're on to something with this label that's blowing up and that's very hot in the scene right now. Uh, obviously you didn't really anticipate this the way you described starting the label but when you, like, for instance take us through discovering um, I'm going to say it wrong now, Sangwasugabak I don't know. You're actually messing me up. <laughs> okay, but but
3: take us through. Pretty good. Take I mean, us, take wait, us th- Everybody, everybody knows who you're talking about we, now. M- maybe yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe you could,
1: maybe you could just say it once the correct way, and then we'll just cut it in every yeah. time we're <laughs> <Okay>. trying to.
3: <laughs> that's fine. Yes, this
0: will be fixed in post. <laughs> but uh, but take us through discovering that band and how they got in touch with you, or you got in touch with them. Because that's another thing. You're putting out bands' first releases, so how do you
3: hear them? Uh, honestly, like the Sega Sugababes. Thing came one night, like I, I was, I was just, I could probably got, I, I got home from a show, I think one night, and I was just sitting on my usual routine, like sitting on the john after the show, <laughs> and before, before I went to bed, and I, I think I got a DM from Cameron, like on Instagram, asking if it was cool if he'd send, if I could, if he could send me like a few tracks that they were doing. And like I recognized his name just because I know he had ordered stuff from me previously, so I was like, "Sure, man." And, and I listened to it, and and it's just catchy. It's ca- it was catchy and awesome. And I was like, I was like, "Hell yeah!" I'm like, you. In, in my head, I'm like, the name is weird. I don't know how anybody's gonna want to listen to this based off the name, but <laughs> plus, you know, the, it, it's the just, most it's illegible logo ever. <laughs> I think yeah, it, I mean it's, it's very legible. Yeah. <laughs> I think at this they, they point got everything, they got everything going for them, like a name that's easy to pronounce is na- uh, leg a legible logo. <laughs> it's like the monkeys. <laughs> they're, they're beautiful. It's like they're good looking dudes. It's pretty much <laughs> it's pretty much rat.
0: <laughs> all very sexy. Yeah, the pornographic seizures <laughs> aesthetic is you know it's uh, who doesn't like that. Look, I think it all works for them. I think yeah. it, I think they've done some sort of genius reverse psychology thing, but um. Uh, th- that speaks to like where you're at. It seems like a carefully curated aesthetic, and these guys hit it, but it's all going naturally within the death metal scene. Yes, sir. Um, and, I- and I love it because it makes me feel relevant to, to-, to know <laughs> your label. Um, <laughs> but what, like, if we're going to start talking about bands uh, that I really like, one band I really enjoy is Rotted. Um, the-, the Dying to Rot demo 2019. I mean, that's a band which is just pure what I would call metal of death, my own little personal thing, you know, but it's obviously, like, caveman death metal. I mean, that's another thing. I, I guess this is how bands kind of send you some tracks and just say, are you interested in putting this out? Is that typically what happens?
3: Yeah, kind of, but, like, like with Rotted, like, I knew of them because they, I mean, Dylan did his own, you know, he, he uh, they released Pestilent Tomb, which was a full-length, that came out on cassette via Head Split Records probably two years ago, maybe a little more. But, um, like, I love that. De- like, I bought his first demo from him because I've always been a fan buying stuff. And I remember I bought his first demo. And then I bought that when I came out. And I just kind of hit him up talking about it and just, you know, found him on Facebook. And we just chatted here and there. And, you know, now we talk all the time on, like, you know, Messenger and stuff. But uh, if yeah, if there was a band that I think I think personifies the sound of what I want the label to be, it's definitely Rotted.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, that's it. You know what it sounds like to me, man. And we we recently just talked to um, uh, Phil Tugas from uh, uh, another band. I can't talking. We're talking about Sanguasugabag and (laughs) and Chethelist in the same conversation now.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but however
0: he said it, um, totally derailed me now. Uh, I derailed myself, but um, (laughs) but point being, we talked about um, the old school band, the Swedish band, crematory. uh, You know the the old Finnish bands and
3: uh, not the German one.
0: um, uh, No, I think the Swedish crematory is the one we spoke about. But both, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, the German one, uh, great band too. Uh, But I'm just getting to the point of these older death metal demos with the lo-fi production, it seems now like bands like Sanguasugabag, Rotted, and a lot of bands, are they're kind of uh, um, curating from that, uh, from those waters. Uh, I mean, you know, we could go on and on. There's a lot of bands. Another band I noticed, um, I, I just saw a kid with another, we talked about Long Island kids wearing shirts from this California label. They love shirts. Uh, yeah, and, and Coffinized. Uh, another great yeah. band. Ooh. I mean, that's a sick fucking band. The yeah. Vocals, I mean, t- you know, top to bottom great band. Good shit. Right there. Shit. Yeah, I mean, so I'm really excited about this uh, this kind of sound that you're curating. But there's other bands, too. Like Malignant Altar has a little bit more of a, um, maybe a pleasing sound for the technical ear death metal fan
3: without being they have, st- overproduced. Yeah, they're, they're definitely not uh, like a, quote, a caveman style band. I mean, they... They do have those thick wrists, the heavy wrists, but they do have a little more going on. I think that, I mean, I just finished, they were just here in California last weekend and, you know, we had a great time together. We went up to Oakland and came back and, you know, they did a show here in L.A. And it was, it was, it was super fun hanging out and, and just watching them on stage. It's like they're really awesome at what they do. And it's not just simple. There's no simplicity in there, but it sounds simple, if, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Um, it's, it's, um, it's, well, when something is written, e- even in its most complex form, like, uh, but it's approachable, then it sounds simple first time around. I mean, you l- listen to classical music, Vivaldi. Like, everyone knows fucking spring because it's on all the, you know, the ringback tones and shit. But, like, that's a very complicated set of chords and stuff.
1: It's catchy.
2: Yeah, but it sounds catchy yeah. the first time you hear it. But, but but yeah, it goes for death
0: metal, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that brings us back to right. Rat. You know what I'm saying? Can't
2: yes. get
1: enough of it.
0: <laughs> um, yep.
1: That's two Ts. On that. <laughs>
0: uh, but, uh, I mean, obviously, Rat hasn't put a, out anything on Megan Stomp Records yet.
3: Yeah, yeah not yet. To, to date. Not yet. Um, no, not right. yet. But if Steven Piercy came to me and was like, hey, man, here's my <laughs> solo project, I'd probably kick him. I'd probably tell him to hit kick rocks, dude. Oh. Last time I saw Steven Pearson, he was terrible. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. I was, Whoa. I, I was he's so a... excited to see it, and, and he was beyond allegedly terrible. <laughs> yeah, he, he's on a redemption
1: no. tour right now. Last time he came through these parts, man, it was
0: uh,
2: it was a little better. <laughs> yeah, he's like, a little, he a put little his pants better. on
1: right. Yikes. Not allegedly a little better. Oh, boy. Say.
0: All right, well, look, let me. All right, just. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to go south on the rat talk. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Talk about. Talk-
3: I, I love rat. I, I grew up in the late 80s, in the early 80s, mid 80s, man. Yeah. I love rap. We love I rap. I love rap, but. Yep. I, when I saw Stephen Piercy for the first time, I was so disappointed.
1: I'm just gonna ask Tom to cut out any negative rap talk. About, <laughs> well, you know, listen, just
0: so- <laughs> one band that we can all agree on. I'm gonna segue right out of here, boy. 90 miles an hour. <laughs> Get in uh, here, man. Let's talk about I'm dying here. Let's talk about Oshu- uh, Oshuary from. They're from Madison, Oshuary, Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, o- I pronounced it wrong. Long Island. Ossuary from <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin, right? Right. Yeah. You put out their two demos, "Supreme Degradation" and "Cremation Ritual," both from last year. I mean, your whole roster is pretty much 2018, 2019.
3: Um, right that is so, a big fish for Tool, I think came out in 2015 that was their first demo oh, and okay. I, I bought that I bought that when it came out it's like before I even started a label or did anything and then I heard they had a new new demo out like that they just kind of self-released and I, I hit up I hit them up just to buy a copy for myself and, and like Izzy's like you want to put it out And at first I was like, I kind of just said, I kind of laughed it off and was just like, I'm just looking for a personal copy for myself. But, you know, as time went on, I saw like nobody was releasing it. So I I told Izzy I'd be stoked to do it. And, And yeah, those two demos are like two of my favorites.
0: Amazing atmosphere. That's, I mean, I, I really, I generally spent a lot of time in preparation for this interview listening to all the releases you've put out, or sampling at least them. If I didn't listen to the whole release, mm-hmm. and uh, that band stood out with the atmosphere they create, um, just nailed it. And something I noticed too is they favor the use of real gore artwork, uh, very similar to a band um, who kind of, I guess, uh, got a, got a lot of feedback uh, for doing that last year, Pissgrave. Uh, it seems like the use of use of real gore is coming back a little bit.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess it is. I mean, I personally have a weak stomach for some of that stuff, but... <laughs>
2: oh, me too, man. Yeah, one of our first I, episodes. I can't handle that. <clears throat> yeah.
3: I can't handle the Piss Grave cover. I leave the black cover on on my mm. LP. <laughs> mm. I'm not going to lie, um... The
0: Discord Mexico album, Forensic, uh, really bad yeah, yeah. cover. I definitely always <laughs> keep that CD tray, uh, you know, the CD cover fold, you know, folded the other way. Um, yeah, you know, and it's funny. I'm 37 now. Like I said, it's uh, the real gore stuff is a lot less palatable to me now, and a lot, uh, you know, harder to look at now uh, as I'm a little bit older than it was when I was a teenager and in my 20s collecting a lot of that stuff, man. But um, at least it hasn't gone to anime yet.
1: Well, the I, one
0: I, thing that's old, a little grosser.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, uh, there's another band that, that you guys got that um, also uses the real gore that I'd love to hear this, the little background story about, but uh, Fluids. Yeah, <laughs> Fluids. Yeah, how's how's <laughs> no,
3: that? Um, the Fluids stuff, that came... Like, uh, Jan from Fluids, he... he Messaged me a few times sent me some tracks to listen to That had some of the samples in there and there's the one sample, you know, it's like the second sample on the record where where those those cops in Arizona just were just screaming at that drunk dude in the hallway of a hotel lobby and then just ended up Just shooting him and like when I heard that it just brought back like all the feelings of like how pissed I was when I saw that video the first time on YouTube and it really turned my stomach and I was like I was I was kind of like I I, I didn't really care to listen to anything else but when I heard it I was just like I sort of stopped listening to it and forgot like the music that I was already listening to and how awesome like you know just heavy the riffs were and and everything and and then like I even like spoke to other people about you know about it and I was like you know this stuff's really awesome I was like I just don't I just don't feel comfortable with some of the samples that they use. And then I just kind of had to step away from it and look at it more from a different perspective, and be like, "It all it all comes together as one solid piece of of like music and samples, and it's it's meant to make you feel that way." Which is kind of what I think is makes the fluid's record so awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah! Wow! It's it's almost like the auditory version of that of
3: that visual. Like yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Interesting. But I think
3: it's much easier to throw on like a photo of like a dead person on a record cover and then find stuff that kind of fits with like i don't know maybe it's maybe it's exactly the same thing you're right no i don't no, think so i don't yeah, think it, so because it's
2: different
1: you, in the same way though it's yeah it's, yeah i yeah. don't think
2: i think you're absolutely right because with auditory stuff you have a timeline to deal with with, yeah. with gross visual stuff you could just close your eyes and Exa- you're not yeah, looking exactly. at it. it's so much easier to walk away from but when you're trying to listen to a song and there's a truly disturbing sample which you don't really hear that much. Yeah. You get a lot of horror movie shit, a lot of you know blonde bitches screaming and shit, but it's all horror movies. Yeah. If you hear something real like that;
1: it'll get to you. Yeah, real and, and, and timely too. You know, which is just interesting. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. We, I think it's it's, like, it's almost a new door unlocked in in the sort of like gore, you know, death realm. Will, yeah. what's your take? Man?
0: What do you think? Oh, no, I was just going to say, again, for the listeners, we did a whole episode very early on in, the, in, the, in our podcast career with uh, Adam Rotella of Anal Birth, where we talked about the use of real gore. Um, and we talked at length about it. I think we might have to do another one. But, um, you know, and we also recently did our Grindcore, Gore Grind, Porno Grind um, episode. And I talked about how I don't listen to a lot of porno grind bands. I thought Gut. Uh, from germany is a great band musically as a as a grindcore gore grind sound vocals drums the whole nine production and i just can't listen to the odor of torture record anymore because a lot of those long-running samples uh are so pornographic and misogynistic it's just not something you know it's like not something i can like sit through uh, you know every every two minutes for like a a 30 minutes i i don't know man um but but I guess it you know it's like you said you got to step outside it sometimes and look at it from an artistic perspective what the artist was doing with it you know um, but you know that while we talk about the long samples that kind of just reminded me of something I wanted to ask you about um, speaking of bands that use samples Mortician um, we've seen kind of the resurgence in popularity uh, of Mortician with a different demographic in the last two or three years because of morticians popularity with memes on the internet is that fair to say from your perspective
3: scott yeah i I think anytime you could take something and i think i think memes have gotten like i don't know it's i've never been a meme guy but people use memes for everything nowadays fucking politicians are using companies to make memes to help their campaigns and stuff i don't know it's just one of those things that have taken over the internet and it's something quick and easy that you can either get a laugh from, get a shock out of, or just, you know, you see your advantage somehow. And like, I think like with Sugabog for instance, they have their own Facebook page of just like, I listen to with Sugabog and Nick Means. <laughs> you know, that's, that's their Facebook page. And it's just like pe- people love that kind of, you know, I'm going to try to be funny and include saying what in is somehow and post it on their page and see what happens.
2: Uh, yeah, it definitely comes with the um, the overnight celebrity thing that people look for. And when I say celebrity, I mean just getting 100 likes on a Twitter post or something. That <laughs> yeah, people yeah. Do fight for.
1: Like, there was one band that I found only because of memes, and that was Waking the Cadaver. back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's funny you
0: say them because, uh, shout out to the boy Mike Mayo, um ground uh another New Jersey band um gaining gaining ground gaining ground <laughs> not, not to make a pun gaining popularity the last few years also in, a, in you know using using memes um as a, a form of, of marketing uh and you know you said you're not a meme guy neither am I real I, I, I jokingly told the guys before I feel like I just understood what memes are in the last year or two, <laughs> But you know we're from a different generation yeah and yeah, I think yeah, dude, it speaks to though a lot of the bands on your roster do come from a younger generation. They're used to social media. They grew up with social media and the internet. Um, and like this mortician meme is just, just uh, mortician meme page is just one thing. You also have uh, shout out to Jimmy uh, Forrester, the extreme metal memes page. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna mess up the whole uh, title if I say it, but everyone knows who I'm talking about. I'm, I'm with the kids on there. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 cool, uh, but but I you know it's it it's just speaks to like the power that these kind of meme pages have to expose kids to music and in a quick easy way on social media on reddit on on these you know different platforms um do you feel that that's played a role in in the bands that you promote obviously with Bog, i mean
3: how, how else does that factor in um yeah i honestly i i don't really follow a ton of memes but i i see them obviously but um people like sharing them people think they're funny and like and I I constantly see memes where either where people are like making fun of like you know maggot stomp or maggot stomp bands (laughs) either because of either pit vipers or whatever I don't know and I don't know I just think it's funny I don't honestly I I could care less if if people come at it mean spirited or not if they got a problem and they want to like express like their dislike through a meme i'm fine with that it's a creative
2: (laughs) honestly it's just advertisement for you yes you know it's
3: no big deal people share some people think it's funny then people then people like you know will will either argue for or against it and yeah it's just it's just people talking about about stuff and you're obviously affecting people in some way that that uh, affecting them enough that they want to go out and I don't know if you make memes on your phone. Is that how they? Is that how most people are making them? I, I, I'll sit there on the computer the old-fashioned way and, like, you know, make a square and get out the impact font and, like, and just type it up and make a JPEG, send it to myself, and then upload it if I wanted to. Old school, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but like, I'll cut and paste and every every.
2: I don't. I have actually never seen any of these like maggot like negative maggot stomp memes. I don't really see any metal memes. I guess. That's just where I am on the internet. Yeah, t- but you're, well
1: you're not on the internet. But like not, you're you're not, imagine you're not on social media. Imagine buddy. like imagine the
2: dipshit making like a, a truly malicious maggot stomp meme. And how they're sipping like you know, they're they're wearing their Thy orders Murder <laughs> fucking <laughs> basketball shorts and drinking monster energy drink. Like, <laughs> who the fuck cares? You know? It's funny. Like just they don't Yeah they, uh, yeah, okay. It, it's like the the idiot doing it is the joke to me.
3: I feel like it's more like the, the the crust the the crust the crusty black metal kids making them or something I don't know. I feel like 바이아르's murder kids aren't aren't smart enough to make memes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See t- they have
1: they t- have
3: t-
0: internet
1: tom- up in crusty uh, fucking Norway. <laughs> tom,
0: Tom's making the wrong deathcore references. He's not looking at the 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 caveman death uh, metal I'm memes. Sorry, He's guys. not like me. Get- He's not like me. He's not out here, guys. We uh, should stop talking about memes. Yeah. we're all looking back.
1: I'm dying of. A, I'm trying to I'm over dying. here, but Tom's
0: talking about thigh. Ar- thigh art is murder. Thigh. System.
1: Yeah, we. I'm gonna what, start a new yeah. band called Thigh Art is Murder. Um, it's about fried <laughs> thighs, fried chicken
0: thighs. Uh, uh we got right. sauce here. Um, for those. <laughs> uh, look, but but listen. The, the the thing I'm getting at is not not just memes, um. But, you know, we're living in an age now where obviously we have the internet, we have information overflow, uh, and kids who get into death metal now, not even kids, people like myself, you can research the entire history of death metal. You want a, uh, an obscure demo from Estonia from 1989, boom, there it is on YouTube. Uh, you want to know who was in the band, there it is on Encyclopedia Metallum. Uh, you want to buy it, there it is on Discogs for 500 bucks. Um <laughs> You know, it's it's all there in this day and age, and I kind of see this movement um, that your label represents as people from a younger generation who appreciate uh, maybe the the older style of doing things and fostering your own tape collection and using like it's kind of where I'm going in life right now as I'm rejecting the. Uh, the the big bulk MP3 format for listening to music or the streaming. I just kind of collect physical formats now, like tapes and records. And I see your label is kind of representing kids who are going to that maybe, uh, and using social media as as a as a way to um, to to spread that idea. And it's caught on. Is that fair to say?
3: Oh, definitely. I I think you know social media is, is like the like the lifeblood of like kids these days. It's how they kind of just, you know, want to pour, put themselves out there to, to all their friends and peers. Is like, here's who I am. Here's what I'm into. You know, it's you're not you're not drawing logos on a school notebook anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're making memes on Facebook. In reality, right? Yeah. That's the equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, now, uh, quickly, something else I wanted to add while we're talking about where this stuff, while we're pontificating on where this stuff kind of comes from. Um, Something that's obviously still big now, uh, and I noticed kind of start bubbling up maybe ten years ish back, uh, is the scene of bands that are very heavily influenced and inspired by immolation and incantation. Um, bands that maybe now you'd associate with Dark Descent, Profound Lore Records, things like that. Um, right. That I feel like fits in with what you're doing somehow, but maybe. What what the bands you're working with are they're kind of doing more of a stripped down American version of it, and I say that with reverence, like they they don't have this these lofty aspirations of a cult atmosphere.
3: Yeah, that's definitely a less evil kind of thing. I think yes, and it's, it's less quote blackened than like how so like a lot of the bands on Dark Descent are definitely have more of an evil vibe to them. Bro, I, um, I, bought but, a, I I mean, except for made, like Crips, I love the Crips stuff that 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 Matt's done, and like Spectral Voice kind of has that. They're they're taking more of the Doomy parts of, of Incantation and just mixing that in with like more of the European Doom stuff.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I, there's a lot of great bands from that particular uh, part of death metal. And like I said, we've kind of watched that evolve the last decade in a lot of different ways uh, and rise right. to prominence. And I kind of see this caveman death metal quote unquote thing um, becoming like maybe the next offshoot of that that's becoming popular. Uh, and and I, it's like I said, it's kind of, I enjoy it. It's kind of Americanized. And now to bring up another band you've worked with, Vomit Forth, uh, mainly from Connecticut. I know Nick uh, is from Long Island. They're a band that calls themselves Northeastern Death Metal. Uh, and I feel like they tap into that very much because those bands are big on atmosphere, but there's something kind of blue-collar and relatable about them. Like, dude, I bought a Grave Miasma record and I was like afraid to play it. I was I was afraid somebody in the house was going to get sick. You know what I mean? Like it, it was like like these guys are in a tour, like 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 great band. Great band. It's just you got to be prepared and in a certain mood to listen to some of that stuff. Whereas bands like you know vomit vomit forth and some of the bands you're working with, it is more relatable in a way. You know?
3: Oh no, for for sure. It's like like the northeastern death metal sound or the northeastern. The Northeast sound ha- is is de- is definitely blue collar. It's definitely like just dudes that uh, drinking beers and hanging out, you know, in their garage while while their while their ladies talk shit about them and stuff. You know, it's like they're just they're just having a g- it's just like good time, like death metal. It's not nothing super serious, but it's it's, ser- it's serious, but it's not like you know not life or death. Nobody's like expecting to make you know be the next big band on relapse or next big band going like. You know, on on the decibel tour type of shit.
2: Yeah, it's people who take playing music seriously, but not really the fact that they play music
1: seriously. <laughs> My girlfriend talks so, <laughs> talks so much shit about me. So much.
0: See, I'm actual uh, old school death metal. I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I'm the I'm the truest one on the podcast. Oh, uh, Yes,
1: <laughs> but you're so handsome. Yeah,
0: yeah. Th- oh, thank you. So we'll, we'll we'll talk after we uh, wrap up the interview. Um, all right. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. There's something more relatable about it, um, and not to knock any of those bands uh, that that come from that that other kind of like um, more occultic scene. That that's got its own place, obviously, and we've covered them too. Uh, so, um, I guess you know, just something else I wanted to ask quickly uh, in terms of, of of this scene that that you're um, you're kind of representing and curating from. Another thing that's happened and r- risen to prominence, I'd say, probably in the last fifteen to twenty years. We have Maryland Death Fest, and and I I call it Maryland Death Fest culture, where um, a lot of these old school bands now are doing these reunion tours, reunion shows, obscure death metal bands are coming back, foreign grindcore and gore grind bands uh, have an audience now that they didn't normally have, and now you've seen the proliferation of other regional fests all over the world and all over the United States. I feel like this has given extreme metal and death metal and grindcore in particular kind of a lot of new blood and a new breath of fresh air in the last decade uh would you agree with that and would you and would you maybe like expound on how that's affected your label if if at all
3: well I, i definitely think like the i think like metal in general has gotten i think just bigger just just based on stuff like social media and Stuff like Bandcamp and Spotify, where it's it's much easier to listen to now. But um, yeah, Maryland Death Fest is huge, and and I think they've got a lot of money to start like bringing bands back to play a, a one-off show type of thing. And then I, I think that carries over in the smaller fests, or scenes. hey, if we could just gather a little bit of money to offer this band to come play, like, oh, we can get Convuls to come play Japan. We can get, you know, Pungent Sense to come out of retirement to play a show or or stuff like that it's like I I think I think a bunch of sets are happening I think they're great for like people to come out and and just do like that one little vacation type of thing and every people come out from wherever and like last year was the first year like California Death Fest was here in LA It was up in the Bay Area for a while and you know they brought Graves and Mortician out to play to play the weekend, it was amazing. It's like you know they packed this place for two days straight. Ha.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about.
2: It's great that there's like this nostalgia thing that people are developing totally on their own in their mm-hmm. own time mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. getting bands like that out there. It's awesome. No, it's
3: it's great. It's like you know if if you have the means and have have like you know kind of the the, the money to do it and. It, it's it, it's great for like you know the local scenes. It's great for like like last year like um they put they put mortal mortal wound on the did I that are you still there oh you're still there oh
1: we're yes. here yeah <laughs> yeah
3: they, they, you know uh they, they, mortal mortal wound opened up on Saturday they opened up the fest on Saturday um so dropped out and one of the one of those dudes from the fest hit me up and asked if they would be willing to uh. Willing to play kind of like last minute sort of thing. And this this year in Coffin Eyes is playing the California Death Fest, which is great. And then um, I, I think there's like fests all over the world. Like Mortal Wounds going to play Killtown Death Fest this year. Ossuary I think is playing Killtown Death Fest. They're playing Death Over Mexico, which I think is in a week this, this coming weekend, I think. Um, it, it's cool seeing like big fests everywhere. I mean you don't really even have to go tour Europe. You could go play one show and play to like, you know, a thousand people.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's great for bands if you can get on some of these regional fests and it's actually it's it's great for everybody now that it's become like a more regional thing because everybody can get to see some bands and like you said, bands can just do a few weekends out and cover more ground and, and play to more people.
3: Um, so the, the only the only thing I think that's semi negative about it is like bands. Turn into fest bands, yeah, like, right. Yeah. Like yeah. like Autopsy always plays like just huge fest all the time, and like the only time I'm gonna get to see them this year is they're gonna play California's Fest. It's like, dude, you're Autopsy. Come come play some shitty little club in L.A. <laughs> but you know, they, bands like that don't do that stuff anymore. It's like I get it; they're all older, all have jobs and stuff, and yeah. you know, you can only take like yeah. a weekend here and there. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just bitter. Y'all
2: more. <laughs> no, I mean, touring is tough. So when you can just, you know, put your efforts into a weekend, makes sense. And you get to play in front of the same amount of people. Yes. Like if you're if yeah. you're counting per capita, like one fest versus a ten day run down the East Coast, where you're playing to yeah, two hundred heads a night, you know, like I get it. It's rough though. Yeah, I mean, there's some
3: looking like Malignant Altar. They're a bit like they're. You know they're 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 not they're not young dudes, but they're not old dudes either. But they all have you know jobs and stuff, and it's tough to get five dudes to be able to take like the same week off if they want to go on tour or whatever. And, you know from their jobs, and it's like so they're you know they're playing Maryland Death Fest this year. You know they're able to do that. They were able to take a few days and come to California for, you know last weekend. But like so some bands just you know don't have the opportunity to to sit to, to go out on to go out on tour for a week or 10 days right it's just not economically feasible for them (laughs) yeah absolutely people have people have families and jobs and stuff and you know that's that's part of the DIY thing it's like if you want to do it you got to sacrifice some things and if you can't sacrifice you sacrifice touring and you do it you know you do a show here and there
2: now uh mortal great uh um mortal wound that band that has a bunch of the dudes from insect warfare right
3: no, that's Malignant Alter. That's oh, bow and
2: top. Okay, sorry, I was I was confusing those two. Okay, never mind. I was gonna say you know, that band doing a touring situation, like they've done it already. They've already done that shit. So if they're gonna pick and choose festivals, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean they've they've earned the right to play to to, to they've obviously earned the right to play like a big fest if they get called up and you know, they're I mean for a relatively new band it's like yeah, they they did it all before. And now, you know, now they're all older, got got lives and stuff. And, you know, a, a fest is, is much more lucrative, not lucrative, but it's much more easy for them to do than a three- or four-day weekend somewhere.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, all right, so while, you know, we want to be, obviously, as we always say, respectful of your time on the podcast. <laughs> right. Um, and before... <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> before we ask uh you to recommend some music one question i had about your label was was we mentioned before how a lot of this stuff gets sold out uh quickly limited runs if i'm somebody who really wants to get my hands on some of these sold out cassette tapes um can you recommend any uh maybe distros or, or any places where people could look to get your stuff other than like buying it on discogs
3: Um, I would hit up the bands themselves first, because always, they always get copies, and, you know, sometimes they'll just sit on copies, and, you know, for a band like Malignant Altar, I mean, I know they're sold out of their stuff, so don't go emailing them, but... <laughs> like, <laughs> Leave, them. <laughs> Leave those guys alone. <laughs> but, like, you know, bands, bands if they're not playing shows all the time, they'll just have the copies sitting around and and stuff. Like, I know, like, Dylan from is like, he had LPs for a little while, you know, he had his demos for a bit. I, he, he's probably sold all his copies by now, but... I mean, I'd hit up bands first. As far as distros, like, I, I use um, Misako Unhoho in, in, you know, Great Britain. Carries my stuff at times, but he sells out pretty quick. Other distros... I have a hard time with distros. Not Not that I'm, like, lazy, but I'm really bad at, like, keeping up on that stuff. And I sell stuff so quickly, like... If somebody hits me up to distro something it's like hey man i want 10 copies of this and by the time i get around to it i'm like i'm down to like four copies of something you know it's yeah. like but I, I i try like um king uh shadow kingdom they're, they're carrying some of my stuff right now that distro they're out of ohio i think he he placed a big order pre- pretty recently so he's got a bunch of stuff
0: yeah, but, and um, I know. Actually, uh, I was just talking earlier to um, my band Afterbirth performed with uh, Mortiferoth from uh, Queens, right. New York, and Steve uh, t- carries some of your uh, releases in his distro uh, at shows. I don't know if he if he actually has a distro that's available online, but if you go check Mortiferoth live, you might be able to catch a maggot stomp tape on the way out.
3: <laughs> right on. I bought a couple of their tapes off Bandcamp too.
0: Yeah, g- great band. Uh, we're gonna talk about right. them this, this evening on on the podcast, man. Um. So, all right. Thank you very much, uh, Scott, for your time, man. We appreciate you talking all about this label. Um, and thank you, guys. No, th- thank you, seriously, and we appreciate um, you know everything that you do. And we're going to give you an opportunity to plug anything you've got upcoming or anything that's going on uh, before we close out with you. But this is the time where we usually ask our uh, guests to recommend one classic release and one newer release by any artist you like for the listeners.
3: All right. Uh, well, classic, I'm going to go back to Connecticut. Uh, you guys might have talked about them at one point. I'm not sure, but uh Tyrant Trooper. They're, they're like a they're one of the legendary Connecticut death metal bands. Maybe one of the only Connecticut death metal bands to be honest. Their their record in their record Insane Sickness was it's, it's it's been constantly like in my rotation since it came out and I think it was like 95. So I I think today this year's like the 25th anniversary of, of that record. Wow. But just, so it's, it's like a sick, underrated death metal CD. I the name think, is only really on CDs.
1: Yeah, we haven't had this on the podcast, I don't know, think.
2: No. Uh, what was the name of the album again? It was Tyrant Trooper.
3: Tyrant Trooper, and, and the the name of the CD is Insane Sickness. Insane Sickness. Excellent. It, wow. It's just bru- a brutal Connecticut death metal record. With, um, now, now members have gone. It's funny because, like, they're. Their original guitar player, his son, now plays guitar in Vomit Forth.
0: Oh, so yeah. Just, uh, oh, man.
1: So. Hell, yeah.
0: <laughs> that That's Amazing. funny. Actually, we had a big Scattered Remnants episode uh, a few weeks back. I did listen back. to that. Yeah, <laughs> so you know the story. When we talked to Ron Miles, bassist of Scattered Remnants, uh, he related the story of getting an email or a message or whatever from, um, Great, I, yeah. or, I guess, what's the guy's
3: name from Vomit Forth? Rick, Rick Ricky Braille, his his dad
0: played in a uh, Tyrant Trooper. Yeah, Ron Ron details the story about how like he knew he he knew the original Tyrant Trooper, and he you know now he's getting now he's playing with Vomit Fourth. It's kind of a funny thing. Yes. but as as I told ta- as I you know he said nothing will make you feel old like that. I said, but at least you're still relevant. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's good. That's a good thing. All right. <laughs> that's that's funny, man. Wow. And we uh, you know we got to explore that in the podcast too. Generational metal because um, as my friend Chris Basile. From Pyrexia, always says metal death metal grew up, yeah. and uh, nothing exemplifies it more than uh, something like that. You know that's that's amazing. Tyrant Trooper. Yeah, our
1: last interview too, you know, DVT and all that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with Phil Tugas and his uh, his uh, his father and his uncle's uh, band DDT. True. Um, yeah, metal has grown up. So, um, and as metal grows up, that's a good segue for uh, whatever your your newer <laughs> recommendation it's, it's
1: is. Too good. <laughs>
3: Can I give you two? Yeah, go. Yes. You're a great, you're yeah. an excellent curator. So, if, if
0: anybody knows, it's going to be you.
3: Uh, the the first band is from your your neck of the woods, New Jersey. Uh, Replicant. Oh yeah, boy, yeah.
0: there you go. Now you're talking, buddy.
3: We've talked about them like, <laughs> way early on. In the podcast.
0: Amazing band, <laughs> really good band. Yeah.
3: Yeah, their their newest, Hypochondria the Machine is. Just, I, I mean, their EP. I just listen to it all the time. Yeah. It, it's so sick. And then uh, a new band from uh, St. Louis, Obispo, California, is these two brothers uh, in a band called Fratricide. Raptricide. They just put out a. Fratricide. Does that they mean... just put out a demo. Yeah, it means, kill- mean?
0: it means killing your brother, and it's yeah, a band it's made it's of two brothers. Two brothers. <laughs> I, I see what yeah. they did, man. Those guys are funny. They got a sense of humor. Yeah.
3: I like them. Yeah. Uh, they just put out their first demo called Horrible Deformities. It's on um, Sunken Tomb Records, a small distro label here in LA. Alright, awesome. So, we gotta uh, check that out, too, man. Right? Yeah. Oh, it, it, it's cool. It, it's very, like... It, it's very, like... feels like doomy northwestern death metal, but from down here in California. Awesome.
0: Hell awesome, yeah. man. Well, thank you for that. We're gonna check that out, man. And really psyched you mentioned that Replicant, man. One of my favorite uh, local bands. Yeah, they're so good. Yeah, and they've really evolved if you've uh, kind of, like, studied their releases over the last few years.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like... The earlier stuff was cool, but this new—the newest, newest EP—is just great.
1: So they, they, they were in this like the Finnish worship kind of thing. And they kind of found their own. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, found their niche. Yep. Yeah. Um, so so Scott, uh, stop Records. I don't know. Do you have any other endeavors? Not ah. life-wise, just death metal-wise. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, any anything to plug—a band, another imprint, a zine. i, I don't know.
3: Oh, I'm doing. I, I do a zine every now and then, and I'm actually working on one uh, that I want to have done for the Death Over Worcester show that's coming up in April with like scattered remnants.
0: Yeah, it's sold out.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm coming out for that because it's going to be a fun fun show. I'm actually going to fly out to, to to Mass for that. Hell yeah. But um, I'm 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 doing a zine. I'm hoping to have it done for then with like a little label sampler, and then um we got I got new. Malignant Alters in the middle of recording their first LP. Uh, Command just finished recording their first LP. We didn't really mention them at all, but they're they're an amazing band from here. Um, yeah,
0: Command with a K. Uh, and and correct. and and on that note, what you just said, we didn't mention uh, quite a few of the bands you've worked with. I tried to mention the ones that person struck a chord with me. Um, uh, right although, you know. Uh, And, uh, you know, just for time and for our format and some of the questions we had, we couldn't cover all of the bands uh, that you work with. But I encourage all of our listeners to go to the Maggot Stomp Records Bandcamp page where they're all laid out for you there. You can sample them. uh, Highly recommended. And if you're a fan of what what I've come to call the metal of death, if you're a fan of lo-fi, raw, uh, true death metal from the heart, you're going to find something on there that, that agrees with you. So uh, you know, just just on that note of, of us not getting to talk about all the bands on your label.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Just check out the just check out Bandcamp and I don't know, deep dive into it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, I did it yesterday. I don't regret it, man. Re- found some really good stuff I hadn't heard yet, and uh, looking forward to listening to some of the some of the bands uh, as the um uh the week progresses, man. Our, our, ossuary, man, really uh, enjoyed that band's atmosphere, and like I said, rotted. Uh, enjoyed that band's almost like lack of of atmosphere. It was just like getting hit over the head with a sewer pipe. It was great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, awesome. And so, like I said, is there just anything else you want to drop on us quick, or, or promote, or shout out um
3: before we uh we wrap uh, it up? Check check out the new disembowel record, the new Church of Disgust EP that just came out last week. It's a great. That's a, uh, that's
1: a great fucking EP right there.
3: And I got one more split coming up. This band, uh, well, Mortal Wound is doing a split with this, this band, Gutless, who I put out their first demo, and mm-hmm. and it's straight up, the Gutless side is insane. It's so good, like, it's like, probably my favorite thing so far I might have done. I'm not sure. It, it's it's amazing, like, early, like, um, malevolent creation, like, style death metal, just fast and, and blistering kind of heaviness. I'm all about
0: that. Very cool, man. Yeah. Very awesome. Awesome, man. So, Scott, uh, Maggot Stomp Records, um, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate talking to you, man. Hopefully we can talk again in the future uh, when you have some other stuff to promote and some other stuff has come out, man. And we're going to be keeping our eye on your label and your bands, as should any death metal fan uh, that really wants to have their finger on the pulse of what's new in death metal nowadays with this, quote-unquote, caveman death metal. Uh, so thank
3: you, Scott. Thank you, guys, man. appreciate I appreciate everything. Hell yeah, dude! Thank awesome. you.
0: Have right. a good night, brother. We'll be in touch. Thanks, guys. All right. Cheers. Bye, Scott.
2: It all starts with pins
0: yeah pin I'm, I'm i was on pins and needles uh <laughs> waiting for that phone call uh yeah scott maggot Stomp records we thank you buddy that was an excellent uh conversation appreciate hearing his insight into things uh and hearing about that label i'm a big fan of that label and of this caveman death metal movement absolutely um that i uh, that i feel is is a, a kind of a, akin to this metal of death uh vibe that i that i like <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, we were just talking outside, and we
2: had a little break, and we have brought in a lot of those bands to the heavy hole, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it's it's from a strictly admiration point. That, yeah. Um, we really appreciate what Scott's putting out there. A lot of great bands.
1: And we're here, uh, you know, we're in a position to uh, tell the kids, uh, pay attention to Maggotstomp Records. Cause yeah. It, the real shit's coming out.
0: And right now, I want to pay attention to you guys as you recommend me some real shit that's coming out.
2: Oh, let's get real as hell, man. That may
0: or may not be on Megan Stomp Records. I don't know.
1: <laughs> what are we drinking tonight? Okay, hello. Um, new recommendation this week. I got this phenomenal band, uh, Body Drinkers. They're self-titled uh, demo out on Famorian Hate Records. Uh, it's coming out March 22nd, Year of Our Lord 2020. Um, a band from Ireland. You know, we're getting close to St. Patrick's Day, so I thought I'd bring this in over here. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, man. This this is a really cool band. Uh, an extreme brew of of death metal, grind, and black metal. You know how we all love it. Uh, this is a project created by by members out of a handful of of local bands, all centered around Cork, Ireland. And uh, and these bands that that that. That, that they come from, uh, you know, come from a wide range of sounds. You know, from from the doomy uh, soothsayer mm. out, out, out of Cork uh, to the melodic death for ruin and and the groovy grind. I'll eat your face. Yeah. And and hopefully our, our Irish listeners out there of the heavy hole will will recommend uh, will will recognize uh, these bands. But this this band feels like. Uh, like the aggression and energy got turned all the way up when when, when these boys got together uh, to form Body Drinkers. Uh, mix of influences and genre blending are are, are seamless and, and and really fucking cool. Uh, you know, as, as we go on listening through this, uh, the vocals I I really love, man. They're they're so raw and and and. and Crazily distorted. Uh, I kind of likened it to a dying jigsaw cutting through aluminum siding. Uh, mm. It kind of has has this little bit of sound for me. Uh, this song, "Pale Eyes into the Ottoman," uh, in, <laughs> "Pale Eyes into the Oysterman March," um, has has this really fucking cool flow of riffs. Again, like I said, this this genre blending of uh, uh, of grinds of melodic death. Uh, and, and I'm gonna say this. I, I'm a sudden to see it on the podcast, man. I get a little bit of a King Parrot feel from this band, uh, and, uh, and and I would love I would love for y'all to uh, to listen to this and have me stop talking. But uh, here we go. I got uh, ten out of ten Guinnesses for this for Irish extreme music over here.
0: <laughs> kind of kind of reminds me like a, like grindcore infused with like uh, '90s Marduk and Gorgoroth. It's like really interesting black metal kind of grindcore. It's cool, man. I do like the dry vocal sound. Uh, a lot of
2: times with vocals like this, they get the, the screaming style of a mm-hmm. of, uh, little bit of delay and a lot of reverb. Lot, yeah, yeah. So I like this. I appreciate the dryness because it, it, it brings a raw element out.
1: Yeah, the dryness really comes into play once they start switching up a little bit. You guys here uh, perhaps sand and yeah, I hear sand all the time
2: blowing across perhaps some pyramids well because from Cairo right here <laughs> I got the band Scarab this okay their Ooh. new album martyrs of the storm
1: it's a mummy reference
2: yeah it's a Abbey Road reference um, <laughs> this came out March 6 2020 right now so just three days ago from recording this uh, Fresh. Uh, this is Solem productions this is my first encounter with this band, but this is their third full-length, and um, before they existed as Scarab, they were Hate Suffocation from 2001 to 2006. This reminds me a lot of Behemoth from 2004, before they started getting into some weird shit. Um, I'll say this. It's for fans of Flesh God Apocalypse who are over being in stage crew. <laughs> 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 it's just great music there are symphonic elements to it but they're really tastefully laid out not overwhelming i love these barky style vocals definitely reminds me of nurgle that's what brought me to that like that demigod thought yeah um,
1: but it's like before demigod it's like it's,
2: uh what was Six? thalema six, devil six yeah. yeah um more like that era but with the demigod kind of like pushed to it and that yeah. heavy tone. Like fucking Carl Sanders has got to be jealous as fuck oh my hearing God. this shit from Cairo. I thought I had
1: lock on Egypt. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, it, it, it's a really good album. I've, I, I spun it twice earlier today. It just just came out, and I was hooked the whole time. I loved it. I felt like the vocals were placed in the right places, but very punchy. The riffs matched what the vocals were yeah. doing really well.
1: The guitar leads were tasteful and in the right places, like you're saying that these vocals, man. You, you.
0: Sounds yeah. like a very professional death metal album. Yes, I, I
2: I got nothing bad to say about this. In fact, all the references I just said it's 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 all good shit. You gotta check this out. So please check out Scarabs' new album, Martyrs of the Storm. You will not be disappointed. <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, I'm talking about Mortiferoth, that's spelled M-O-R-T-I-F-E-R-O-T-H. That's a uh, criminally underrated death metal band uh, based out of Queens, New York. Um, They have the Darkness Fills Our Eyes Demo 2018 cassette, uh, which you can get. They have a, uh, I'm pretty sure one of the guys from this band operates this Hail Shitar Records, but go to... H-A-I-L-S-H-I-T-A-R, hailshatard.bigcartel.com, and you can get some of their merch. Um, But this is a criminally underrated, brutal, raw, old-school-style death metal band from the New York area. They've been playing around and getting up on shows. Um, And I'm actually, I am am friendly with these guys. I know a couple of these guys going back. Uh, Shout to uh, uh, Howard, who um, is no longer with the band. Uh, And um, Brian Hobby, who is now the new bass player, uh, formerly of Internal Bleeding, and uh, some other Long Island-based bands, people remember old school Brian Hobby, and of course uh, Jose, um, singer and guitarist of Mortiferoth, Uh, I know him from his days in the band Laceration, uh, 2000s era Long Island death metal band. Going back, and the dude Steve I actually met for the first time because of Mortiferoth, the drummer. He's like a true death metal head, man, a, a pedigree death metal guy. He knows his stuff, and if you catch a Mortiferoth show, uh, try to check out their little distro table where Steve sells some uh, cult releases, including a, p- a couple of maggot stomp tapes. Um, but Mortiferoth, let's talk about these guys. This is like what I would call, what I have been calling metal of death. Oh yeah. I'm shit. very excited about this band because they're local. I know them. Uh, they're guys who I didn't necessarily realize were um, still performing music and active in bands until the last few years, and now, lo and behold, they're here giving, giving it to you caveman style, uh, as they say, you know, the kids. Um, this is a band that I feel like fits right in with a lot of the stuff we've been talking about this evening, mm-hmm. um, and maybe these guys don't even realize it because they're playing caveman old-school death metal <clears throat> from the heart because they're just dudes from that era who grew up on that stuff and still listen to it. Uh, case in hand, they they cover hypocrisy and they cover grave uh, on a, on a, on releases. I know they have an upcoming release. They're doing a split with Mass Cremation from Bulgaria coming out. Um, but these guys are the real deal when it comes to death metal. Uh, no slick talk production, no quantizing, no nothing. This this they recorded a haunted brewery somewhere. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like there's two mics in the room and they're like, go yeah. oh, get it, boys this is kind of the experience you get from them live I really enjoyed the live experience it almost seemed somewhat psychedelic uh, because maybe the effects and the, um, uh, the 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 sound quality you get out of the guitar that Jose uses live and, and some of the stuff he does and they have that kind of like power trio thing where it's just the guitar doing the solos and the you know the lead parts live over the bass but something about it works it almost sounds like a uh, some crazy, like seventy spiritual band uh, in death metal form, man. There's there's a raw spiritual energy to Mortiferoth that just captures your imagination when you listen to them. I really love this band, and I think that their demos are so special. Um, so really check them out on Bandcamp or go to that uh, Hellshitar.BigCartel.com, and they're they're going to be playing shows coming up. Ch- you know, look for, look for them on Facebook and the usual social media, um, and really check out this band. Uh, they're kind of like finding like a little gem underneath a, a, a stone you haven't turned over yet, man. Like I said, criminally underrated band. And um, like I said, get into these guys if you're into that kind of caveman death metal style, that old school style that's big now. Um, if you know if you're into that blood incantation wave, because uh, that's what's blowing up now, man. This is a band that you might want to turn a stone and check out because they're kind of under the radar, man. Mortiferoth from Queens, New York. They have a 2016 and a 2018 demo, and like I said, they're working on a split tape with uh, Mass Cremation from Bulgaria. No.
1: Classic recommendation this week, I have Gothic Slam. This is their 1988 record Killer Instinct on Torrid Records. This band, oh my God, am I happy I found this. Uh, This is a hidden thrash metal crossover gem from Jersey City. But there actually is a slam in there. That's great. Oh my God. When you Uh, said Gothic Slam, I was
0: picturing like... Enemy Mind trying to pick up chicks at Hot Topics. Shout out to Enemy <laughs> Mind, all right. Shout out to Enemy Mind, quick. All right, but yeah, all right. Proceed. Uh,
1: so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, and uh, building on what Will just said, because you know, who's to say it's not true? Uh, Hidden Thrash crossover from uh, from New Jersey. Um, this band was active from 1987 to 1993. Uh, before that, they were in a band called Striker uh active from I think 83 to, to 87 you know there you go um uh this is uh this is the, their only full-length release uh barring their other full-length release a, a year later called uh just uh just a face in the crowd um man I, I, I I'm lucky enough to come across this this record uh based off of a, a cassette that that my girlfriend had picked up at a local thrift store here in Huntington, New York uh, 99 cents I'm seeing over here uh, the uh, It's Never Loud Enough uh, 1989 uh, CBS Records little promo that they did um, this this was the second track on the B-side just following Suicidal Tendencies uh, Waking the Dead but in good company with Fifth Angel fucking amazing uh uh me- uh Mela Rage uh, also completely understated thrash band uh, very in the vein of testament like like we're listening to right now uh, Creator is on this Shark Island also just a, a completely understated 80s kind of thrash hair band uh, Danger Danger kind of round, rounds this, this thing out with Naughty Naughty and how can you not fuck with that song I'm
0: so mad because I regularly visit that thrift store looking for metal tapes and did not find this. <laughs> you got me.
1: We're going. So uh, so yeah. So uh, Gothic Slam. This, this album, Killer Instinct. Man, listen. There's nothing uh, breaking the bank. Super outrageous when when it comes to this 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 band. But it is phenomenal. Super tight thrash metal with with uh, with hints of crossover in the vein of like Anthrax and Suicidal. Um, but the, if you're looking for like something a little bit more hidden, um, you know, you don't want to say like, "Oh yeah, I love thrash music. I love Testament, and I'm from Jersey." No, you're gonna say, "I love Gothic Slam because huh. it's got fucking riffs."
0: I uh, <laughs> the band Gothic Slam is great. I want to hear the genre Gothic Slam. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm really looking for in life. I can't wait till that
1: happens. You know, I, I saw the band name and I said, like all of you said when I said it the first time, but. Riffs, riffs, riffs is all I care about, and uh, and bang your fucking heads, Gothic Slam, dude. Uh, great fucking songs. Uh, they got a video for a uh, for a track on the record that they came out after this called uh, "Who Died and Made You God," uh. and one of the guitar players wearing like a very nice vintage New York Rangers shirt. And I've never seen uh, a thrash metal band wearing a New York Rangers shirt in my life. Love hockey, love the Rangers, love riffs. It all kind of came together for me today. And uh, I'm not from Jersey, but for today, uh, you know, I love turning left. You love right. hockey, yeah. I love turning like turn left. left. Hockey, yeah. And um, I'm going to give Jersey a, a big fucking bump on this one. So Gothic Slam, your name is the best. know <laughs>
0: So, today, I would like to talk about uh, Dead Infection of Poland's uh, Start Human Slaughter Demo. Um, th- this is like a... First of all, rest in peace to Siegen from Dead Infection, our, our ongoing tribute to him and his work. This is part of it for me. Uh, I had to bring this in. This is uh, from 1992, recorded March 92 in Bialystok, Poland, and... Um, you can actually, uh, if you're not cult like me, I actually have the tape. I ordered it in the late 90s. Didn't order it when it came up. I ordered it from Seijin himself. Uh, and I got this awesome flexing cassette copy right now with this, like, bright yellow photocopied imprint. There's Seijin right there. Um, and I want to talk about this, this dead infection demo. You can also, if you as I was saying, if you're not cult like me, you can get the uh, Morbid Records. Version. They put out a CD of uh, this and um, a few of the other demos. The other demo uh, uh, in a compilation, which probably has slightly better sound quality than my cassette tape. But this is not uh, a chapter of accidents. Not some of the later material that people maybe know more or are more familiar with. Um, but these demos are really amazing. And in keeping with the spirit of tonight's episode, where we talk about the caveman death metal, the metal of death. This is obviously very grindcore influenced. But Dead Infection definitely had a a big death metal twist on their early work when uh, Seijin first started the band. Um, And obviously this is a slightly different lineup. You still have Seijin and Toka uh, in the band, but uh, the other two members um, changed before you would have your classic Dead Infection chapter of Accidents era. Uh, This is more of a death metal sound. I would compare this maybe to, like we talked uh, at at length in the Phil Tugas episode, and we brought up tonight that classic Crematory from Sweden, their demo... Um, maybe even some of the older material by like Dead Infection and and just just uh, you know sinister some some of your more brutal European bands Deranged even this this brings to mind because of the grinding uh, frenzied tempo to it but it's still a death metal uh, I want to say album but it's obviously a demo with nine songs uh, and and it's it's got this really cool um, raw metal of death vibe it's it's. The production's raw, it's hard to hear the riffs, uh, you gotta EQ it a little bit if you have a nice home system, but it's it's worth it, this is like priceless, raw death metal, uh, some of the first death metal available from Poland, uh, other than the band Vader as we know historically. And um, I really encourage the listeners to go back and check out Dead Infections, other material besides the classic chapter of Accidents album, which rightfully in some ways overshadows the rest of their discography. But these demos, the first album, Surgical Disembowelment, all worthy material. So tonight I just want to give a special nod to the Start Human Slaughter demo uh, because I own it on cassette and listen to it from time to time, Flex. uh, And you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can own it on CD but uh, you know it's it's just you know for that reason I'm more familiar with it so I wanted to recommend it to people. really awesome death metal twist on what would later become the dead infection sound. you can still tell it's dead infection in the writing and in the in the um, unique signature uh, clunky drum work of seijin um, barreling through these tracks. so it, again if you know if you want some more of that really old school raw vibes, check out dead infection and give them more of a, uh, a death metal uh, discernment on these demos and i don't think you'll be disappointed
1: well what uh, what year is this from 92
0: took you into the cavernous cave and uh we stomped on some maggots tonight we did with our good friend scott thank you to scott from maggot stomp records for joining us um and again just like we encourage you to check out some of this uh, music we just recommended to you we encourage you to go to maggot stomp records uh uh, website their band camp uh their social media check out what they're doing check out their bands um if you're an old school elitist and you're uh, kind of poo-pooing this this caveman death metal thing, these kid, No, 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 man. Don't don't fall behind the times. I had a revelation, all right?
1: I like this, it when I didn't hear it on a podcast. Yeah, this, yeah
0: <laughs> podcasts are talking about it. It's not that. No, these guys are onto something. This is a new movement in death metal, whether you like it or not. Uh, and uh, we already talked at length about how I feel about it. So go check it out. Uh, do yourself a favor. You're going to get into at least one of these maggot stomp bands um, to your sensibilities uh, it it kind of goes on a rawness scale between rotted and malignant altar. That's like the the, yeah, the, the, yeah. This, the gray yeah. scale of, guess, of maggot stomp bands.
2: Guess what? Joe Rogan's not going to mention either one of those. Nah, he so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Come yes. On the fucking heavyholepodcast.com.
0: Yeah. Warn about some shit. Unless he talks to me. Holler at me, Joe. All right. <laughs> yeah, Scott from Maggot Stomp Records. So we thank you for your time, brother. Um, and again, uh, we have that heavyhole podcast. Dot com.
1: Oh so convenient. Bingo Yeah, it's so uh, convenient.
0: For all you know, you wanna you want to check us out on the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, whatever. You wanna buy a sticker pack and use that um, promo code allegedly. Allegedly. For it's a little the, yeah.
1: Not it's not there it's not like there's allegedly a promo code.
0: No, you it, the you, promo code is alleged. The word allegedly is the promo code yeah. That's
1: right, you save ten percent on it. Yeah, that.
0: it's not a meme. It's real life. <laughs> you save money with that, all right? It's tax season, all right? Listen. <laughs> We got the uh, Patreon. You want bonus material? We're doing it. We're yeah. making it. We're behind the scenes talking about it. We're, we're, we're making all this extra stuff for people. Um, so check us out. What's the Patreon, Tom?
2: Patreon.com slash Heavy Hole Podcast. That's good.
0: You knew that, Tom, but do you know the number? I do, actually. I got to slow down, though. Oh, It's
1: 631
2: Three two seven four.
1: So Tom, I'm on the website, but I don't have internet because well, my computer us. has the coronavirus. Give us a call oh, so where the website is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's
2: six three one eight three seven three two seven four. And uh, also, we might actually have it up by the time this comes out, but we have some YouTube content. Oh shit.
0: We, we might actually have coronavirus by the time. Yeah, that's true. Wash your hands. We might everybody. have actually started right. a
1: band called Coronavirus by the time. I, it's this already
0: time. up there. I wouldn't do that. Cheap cash in. Yeah. Think, think harder if you're going to record music. <laughs> okay? I, agree. I agree. Think harder. We that's will drink corona. and Yeah, we're going to get all the corona beers that are on sale because everyone's stupid. They think they're going to get sick. <laughs> all right, listen, we don't like to talk about real life, uh, but be safe out there. Um,
1: Real life is riffs, guys. Yeah.
0: Riffs are life. Everyone be safe out there. And uh, thank you for your continued support, Heavy Hole Podcast. And please support Megan Stomp Records. Uh, Is that it, guys?
2: That's it. Yeah, I think that's it.
0: Yeah. Cheerio. One.
2: (laughs) One.